Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. It's true. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, August 19th, 2019. He is Tristan. I am Eric. Tarika Foster is our producer and Tom Carpenter is our editorial watchdog. On today's fine show, an ace hurts his elbow. The home run rate's getting way out of hand. Multiple closer situations change. Everyone delivers a combo meal and, of course, as always, Mirrored hash browns. Tristan, did you have a combo meal this weekend? <laughs> I know I you did. A, Come I on. A, I actually did have a most excellent burger and fries. I don't think it was called a combo meal on the menu, but it was uh, quite good quality. Let's pretend. <laughs> Let's pretend it was Let's a combo pretend. meal. Why not? Yeah. That's better than what I was going to say when you got me thinking Milli Vanilli for a second. Why you would know? I get you thinking that? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> you said some magic vi- Milli Vanilli title... Uh, words a couple of minutes ago. Well, I Let's get even... under the burgers and combo meals. Mm, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but I guess you don't want to talk about it. We'll do it after the show. <laughs> no one talks Millie Vanilli on a podcast. Come on. You've mentioned them more times. I don't even know. Like They're the people who fake their music, right? Like I don't know what you're... You know that, that good memory? You know that that incident with Millie Vanilli took place right across the street from ESPN here at Lake Compounds. No. That's an actual fact. Get out of here. Yep, they performed... In Bristol, Connecticut, at Lake Compounds. Yes, and they, they had their lip syncing issue that took place right at Lake Compounds. That's oh my! That was right. wow. Actual fact. Yep. Tom, Tom I, you're writing the new notes from now on. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean this in a bad way, but that's the most important thing you've ever delivered on the show. Well, I, I'll take that because it's pretty amazing. That's I incredible. Yes, I. Learn something new today. And normally on a podcast with Tristan, I don't think I do. But today, I've learned something new and incredible. Tariqa, you didn't know that either. That's incredible news. I had no idea it was that close. <sighs> All in bucolic Bristol, Connecticut. Anyway, here's the buzz. Mind is blown. Um, <laughs> now... All right, so my lead story in the blog today, and, you know, maybe I'm making more out of it than I should because I don't see it as a headline anywhere on the site, but Chris Sale is visiting Dr. James Andrews for a second opinion on his uh, injured left elbow today, and, you know, when when pitchers go to visit the good doctor, you know, they don't, like, split a BLT. I mean, the, 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 most of the time, Tommy John's surgery is the result, right? They get, no, they don't split a BLT. They get a combo meal very clearly. Or that. I think this is a big story since Chris Sale is a top three fantasy pitcher. And not only would he be lost for the rest of this season, but for those in dynasty formats, he won't pitch next year if he has to do uh, ligament replacement surgery. So am I missing something? Is this not a big deal? Or am I being realistic? Like, we're going to find out later today. Is this His world is changing, yes? Uh, I am afraid we will, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's not good news. It's not good to hear that it is a, quote, second opinion. I didn't like the fact that, that Sale himself had the quote of, that's way over my head when it was asked about whether he was concerned about the second opinion. So this, this is ominous. And it's ominous just because if he requires the major surgery we all fear, bye-bye to next year, too. That's devastating for a guy who is considered a universal top three overall fantasy starting pitcher for easily a half decade at this point 
Yeah, I mean, preeminent strikeout pitcher. I mean, he should be. I wouldn't drop him yet if you have the ability to drop him. But, man, I I don't expect him to pitch the rest of the season at at, at the best. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, yeah, there, there's always a chance down the stretch, but it's got to be asked. It, is the reason this is not a big story is we're being gentle on the defending defending world champions? We don't want to point out that this could be a devastating result for them. No, it has nothing to do with that. I, it, I think I think it, the part, the point is that the Red Sox have not mentioned the words Tommy John surgery in any of their releases as a possibility or anything mm-hmm. else. So like they're just trying to hold off on this bad news where most of the time you know. But like even then, like David Robertson had his Tommy John surgery, we didn't find out for three days. So you know. Why is that secretive? He had right. the surgery. He's never going to pitch again for the Phillies. I don't get that either. But yeah, I think sometimes it's that that they're not certain that that's the ultimate result. I think in David Robertson's case, it was that 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 got mentioned up front. I I, I don't know. I think we're we're quibbling over the words here, but we're going to find out something pretty quickly. To to me, though, what what struck me is that the Red Sox rotation is in a really rough spot at this stage. There is not much left in there. No, I agree with that. I mean, Porcello is going to face the Phillies, and that could go either way. Um, I don't know. I mean, Nate Evaldi's in the in the rotation now. I listed a bunch of I listed strikeout pitchers in my blog today, and I'm sure you're going to read that. Um, where you know, run prevention is an issue for some of them, and you have to look at the schedule and see where they're pitching. But all these guys over the past 30 days are among the top 30 in strikeouts. That would be Reynaldo Lopez of the White Sox, Denelson Lamette, who shut down the Phillies the other night, Ryan Yarbrough, the Tampa lefty, Jacob Junis, Anthony DiSclefani, Aaron Sanchez, who finally got lit up in his third outing, and Chris Bassett. Now, I'm not saying you want these guys, but like in one of my leagues, I really need strikeouts to the point I might even activate Zach Davies because he's more than a reliever, although not really. You're um, doing that just for the volume, just to be fair. Yeah, yeah right here, straight strikeouts. Wait a minute. Well, it's two starts. That's why. Yeah. Just to be clear. Right. I mean, at the point is, if you need strikeouts, these guys are getting them. Don't cut sale yet until you know for sure, but we're going to know for sure soon enough. All right, moving on. There's other stories here, other injury stuff. Corey Kluber, that was ominous. Left in the first inning. What was that, an oblique? Um, Did it was, they specify what the injury was? Or No, was why would they do that? Because they, it's like a hockey player, upper body injury. Don't tell anybody what's wrong with Corey Kluber as if he's going to be facing a team this week. Abdominal tightness. Abdominal tightness. Just be yeah. honest with us and tell <laughs> us what it is, people. Now, Kluber might have a rehab he start a later this week. bad combo meal. Wasn't feeling so good afterwards. You understand. Do you get abdominal tightness after eating a bad combo? And have you ever had a bad combo meal? <laughs> And oh. what would Millie Vanilli think of a combo meal? <laughs> All these things Everybody's are had a bad combo meal at some point in their life. <laughs> You've gone to a place and gotten a bad combo meal at some point. Everybody's I haven't had McDonald's in literally 15 years. I actually haven't in just about the same amount of time. 15 years with small children? I'm calling no on that. Oh, my kids have. I don't, I don't like it. I, They're I'm, too good. They want Wendy's, right? No, uh, actually, yeah, my, my, my son loves Wendy's. <laughs> of course he does. That's where he got, uh, attached to cheeseburgers. He, he got really, really, uh, into cheeseburgers from eating at Wendy's. Well, He's he, attached uh, to a cheeseburger? Like yeah, physically? Just, yep, it's right over here. We, we, you know, cause the that might thread. be a problem. <laughs> I, like, what part of his body is the cheeseburger attached? <laughs> All right. Where, where were we? Corey Kluber. Corey um, Kluber. <laughs> Corey Kluber, you still yeah, like to... actual news and analysis. I found it odd that he's still rostered in eighty-eight percent of leagues. I mean, most fantasy managers in ESPN leagues have nary the patience to deal with a situation like this, where a guy misses four months. He got hurt on May first. Mm-hmm. Still rostered in eighty-eight percent. Keep him rostered. It might be fine. 
It right. might be fine, yeah. It might be the kind of thing where it bumps him back a week. Right. Because, remember, he was he was on track to return, I believe it would be this Friday. I mean, they could have put him on Saturday's game, whatever. But it, it was going to be this week. So maybe it's next week, but maybe it's September. A week after, this guy was one of the most uh, added pitchers. Now I'm telling you to drop him. Dustin May. Which breaks my heart in a couple leagues because I really needed like six innings like once or twice a week. He came into the game against Atlanta yesterday and gave up a grand slam to the Ronald Acuna replacement. Or actually not technically the replacement, but still, you know, Ortega really. He was the replacement in said game for Duvall came in watching a long drive. (laughs) Dustin May, you can't roster him anymore. He's a reliever now. That stinks. Yeah, Yeah, but the hesitation for me is just who's the five? They're, I don't know. The five for the Dodge and the whole idea of Julio Urias now on suspension being worked up as a starter for down the road. Who's the five? I'm not mentioning uh. that guy's name anymore. But, yes, Dustin May is going to the bullpen. where that That's where they plan to use him in the playoffs. I guess Stripling could be the guy next week. But Stripling's they, – they've already declared Stripling, Stripling a reliever. By the way, I think they've now hedged on the Rich Hill talk about going to the bullpen. I don't know where they're going now. Anyway, dump uh, dump Dustin May, dump Joey Votto, who's officially in the DL. Terrible season, even in a points league. Move on. Don't pick up Yusei Kikuchi. It was a two-hit shutout. It was his first win in two months. Um, the Acuna situation, no worries whatsoever. He tried to steal a base right after that. He's on his way to 40-40. I think he's motivated to go 40-40. And by the way, nobody's ever gone 50 homer, 30 steal. Christian Yelich is going to do that. We're going to we're gonna have like eight guys at 50 home runs, Tristan. Yelich is going to be one of them, and he's going to steal 30 bases. Yep. It's going to be really hard. I mean, and we're not even talking about him as a top two pick next year. It'll be Trout and Acuna now, in maybe not in that order. Is Yelich three? Is Bellinger? Like, is yeah. Devers? Betts? It's, wow, these numbers yeah. are crazy right the now. The numbers are pretty crazy. And the amazing thing is I, I still can't believe that – there's a very slim chance anyone could get to 60 home runs, which you think in a year like this with these stats. Um, yeah, that seems all, uh, tough, but I mean, like, a lot of those going to hit doing 50. It, but no one's the stud. I don't get it. 50's a lot, Tristan. I mean, uh, 50 without is a being lot. juiced, that's a lot. 50 is a lot, yeah. Uh, what else? Nelson Cruz comes back today. Yohan Mankata comes back this week, although it might be later in the week. Um, the homers, three rookies have three homer games just in the past week. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Oh, and how about the rookie who's putting up the all oh, sorts of Aquino. records for X number of games in the beginning of his career? Aristides Aquino. <laughs> um, and, you know, the note here says, when will he break the all-time home run record? I mean, give me – say the Reds start him <laughs> in right field next season. I'm being serious here, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Give I'll give you, a, you know, a full-time role, batting fifth, 600 PAs. How many home runs does Aquino hit next week? Next year. Well, next week is 50. <laughs> but next, next year, Next week he'll 100? hit 31 home runs. Uh, <laughs> I – I think it's thirty. I do. That's not enough, Tristan. Know, well, that's the in thing. Two months. Yeah, like if 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 the baseball is identical next year to Get what 50. it is right now, yeah. I I mean, where I we rank Jordan Alvarez, we're almost going to have to rank Aristides Aquino in the top in the like right no. around the top fifty. Come on, no, come on. Aquino's not the prospect that that Alvarez is. Does that matter anymore? Yeah, I think. Why does that matter if he's hitting homers every day and now they're getting a book on him? This is not Shane Spencer either. I I think it's peaks and valleys with a guy like this. I I think it's a little bit less apt to be that. Probably is. I mean, probably he'll have like an Adam Duvall like two for twenty streak coming up, but I don't know. 
I, I'd look at it this way. I think we are both confident in the ability of Alvarez that he's going to have a tremendous career going forward. There's little doubt that he's going to have a, a steep floor. Aquino still has that possibility that when people figure him out and they test him with different bitches breaking stuff that he does, you know, like the floor just falls out. One would think that would happen. The other rookies were Alvarez and Mike Yastrzemski, who yeah, who looks like <laughs> – and, and, and here's the thing, okay, and I like a lot of these people who are posting it, but – Please stop posting how many games it took Carl Yastrzemski to hit, I don't know, this many home runs versus Mike Yastrzemski. <laughs> Carl Yastrzemski was not playing with a happy, fun baseball. And in one of the years, like, Yastrzemski, like, it was all pitchers, right? What was that, 68? I just, you can't compare even what happened last year to what's happening this year. That's part of the reason I don't like this is that, you know, Pete Alonso, I don't know what he would have done last year. Would he have ended up at 32 home runs? He's going to have 52 this year. It's it's ruining the tradition of the game and the numbers because, and you're right, nobody's going to hit 60, but still, like, this is just weird. Yeah. You can't you, compare Alonzo to Daryl Strawberry's rookie season at all because they're just not – it's, it it's was a to- different game. Totally different eras, totally different way of using pitching staffs, totally different ballparks. Oh, yeah. More pitching-friendly ballparks. And you know that I love to talk about these historical facts and how players are doing in X number of games. The fact of the matter is, nowadays, it's so easy Irrelevant. for these guys to do it. With Gary Sanchez, we mentioned Reese Hoskins. Aaron Judge had a point where he was like this. Now we've got Aquino doing it. It's just, if you look at the leaderboard, they're all players lately. By the way, since you mentioned the three homer games, we're two, two instances away right now on August 19th of Major League Baseball breaking the record for three homer games in a season. Two. They need two more three homer games the whole rest of the year to tie the record set in 2001. And I'll say to you again, and you said this in the last show, so you probably haven't changed your mind, but this has to affect the way we rank, the way we draft next season. It's just a different game now. I mean, I would take an ace or two, but man, like I don't have enough power in any of my leagues, and even the leagues I'm winning. And the reason is because power has changed, and it's a big deal. I... I still feel the way that I did the other day. You have to evaluate how you are going to fill this category because if you just take the lazy approach and assume that baseball was the way it was two to three years ago even, you're going to be left behind. But I do still think that the value of the home run relative to league average is still within range of the past couple of years. This from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they are so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're all looking for all in one place. And in an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. Why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, a quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets with confidence. We all have the SeatGeek app on our phones, and it's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. In fact, Tristan just used the app to buy tickets to a baseball game, and good food was consumed. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. And now, lots of combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. 
mean, this is ridiculous. On our last show, there was nary a combo mill to discuss, right? We didn't even play the music. Did, did we? I, don't I know there was – yeah, there was nary a combo meal, but did we play the music? I, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Today, we have 12 combo meals to discuss. 12 in four now, days. I get the homers, but the steals? I mean, we have catchers doing this. So I'm just going to go through the list, and if there's some, some name you want to talk about, because otherwise it would be an hour. Cody Ballinger, Bryce Harper, yep, Marcus Semien, Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, Juan Soto, Matt Beatty, Tom Murphy, the catcher, Oscar Mercado, Starling Marte, who has six now in the season. Only Yelich has more with ten. Shinshu Chu did it. And Tommy Edmond, future <laughs> Hall of Famer, had a combo <laughs> meal as well. Um, is there anyone here you would like to discuss? Briefly? Beatty. Beatty is yet another of the Dodgers guys that they've squeezed production out of, and you've never heard of it, dude. <laughs> Edmund, I love that I wrote on Friday how Edmund was in the middle of a big cold streak, and then he has a great weekend. Thanks for three days making my writing stale. <laughs> uh, I had thought that Matt Carpenter was going to need to come back and take over that role. I guess not so much. I think Mercado is probably the most interesting, actionable fantasy option here. He, he has impressed me this year with what he has done at times. Tom Murphy has definitely impressed me. There are nine catchers with a really positive player rater ranking. Real Muto, James McCann, Grandal, Vasquez, Contreras, Narvez, Garver, Gary Sanchez, and Wilson Ramos. And then a big drop-off. Mm-hmm. And Tom Murphy could end up as a top-10 catcher. So could Carson Kelly, Roberto Perez, Travis Darno. Catcher got deep in the last three months, Tristan. It mm-hmm. really did get deep. It was bad, like, well, in June. Uh, you know, it's deep now. Deep, I, deep makes it sound like you're excited. I am excited because Roberto Perez might hit 25 home runs and nobody wants him. You never liked him. You ripped him every time I mentioned him. He's going to yeah. have 25 home runs. Travis Darno rejuvenated. Carson Kelly, totally legit, like a top 10 guy. Seattle has two top 15 catchers. I mean, Will Smith is – I'm going to rank Will Smith next year like my number five catcher, the, the Dodgers catcher. I'm telling you, catcher got deep since May. Now, and I'll reply to you that if they were played other positions and we didn't have catcher in this league, none of them would be rostered. Oh, I'll agree with that. Right. That's and not that's, what I'm talking about. But that's why excitement isn't the word here. I absolutely see your point. You're right. There have been a lot of nobodies who've come into the catcher pool and have given you value where it's supporting that don't pay a, di- a do- gosh darn diddly thing for catchers. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't curse on this show, Tristan. It's a family-friendly show. <laughs> diddly doodly. I mean, you can't even word? say, you know... The band that uh, did something wrong at Lake Compound. I'd be in a dilly of a pickle if I said it. <laughs> we don't talk about bad people either. Um, uh, we all right, don't. Yeah. let's move on now. It's the Closer Carousel. The, the Closer, Closer Carousel. Carousel. Well, Sean Doolittle will not be worth much in my Sim League next season. <laughs> Diddly doodly. <laughs> wow, that changed quickly. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know the league I'm talking about where I had yeah. to keep Doolittle because I foolishly cut Jorge Soler too early. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be unusable. That's seven home runs in his last ten appearances. The Nationals decided, well, we can't use him anymore, so let's make up an injury and put him on the disabled list. So they did. Who's the closer for Washington now? Um, It's probably a combination between guys. Daniel Hudson and Fernando Rodney would be the first two that stand out to me. And, and do you view them better or worse? Well, let's say the Jose Jimenez line or Joe Jimenez line, <laughs> different players. The, the they Joe, were both closers, in fairness. The Joe Jimenez line, to me, is I don't need to add him if I need saves, but you can because you'll get some. Does Hudson pass that? Eh, no. Eh, Does Wade really. Davis pass that? Oh, now they're on the road all week. Wade Davis, I've never seen anything like this. Even have you, even from a course pitcher, I've never seen 
a relief pitcher with splits, like home road splits, like what Wade Davis has. And if my computer will comply, I will pull them up for <laughs> you. Them up for it, yeah. And it's not even behind a wall. Here's I'll Wade go, Davis. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll go Hudson before I go Wade Davis. Well, At least Hudson's I, pitched okay for Washington. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. Wade Davis has a 10.97 ERA in home games this season. Yeah. And a 2.11 whip. On the road, 0.63 ERA, 1.26 whip. So now, why yeah. wouldn't you use Wade Davis this week for all road games? You would. I, considering the, the lack of <laughs> depth at the closer position, yes, I suppose there will be a league where I need to throw Wade Davis in there. But I don't feel very good about it. The well, way he if there. he hasn't been lit on the road yet, I actually feel okay about it. But like, right. I wouldn't add him in a league where, without a bench or where I can't like bench him right. the following week when they're at home. Right. So I'm just saying, uh, Mark Melanson looks to be Atlanta's closer now. Clearly, he's back on track. Um, you can't feel comfy there, do you? No, but who would you rather roster, Melanson or, or Wade Davis? Yeah, Melanson. Melanson is not going to have to deal with the weak at cores where you just can't trust him one bit. I don't trust Melanson at all, but no, I don't either. But you know, I've got Carlos Martinez in a league, and he's he he wants to give up a run every game. Yeah, I feel a little better with Carlos Martinez for some. I I do think there will be opportunities. I do for him. Uh, let's take a look at the schedule here because that's what you're looking for: opportunities for pitchers that you might not be thinking about. Uh, Monday slate, not a full one. ESPN Plus on the last game of the day has Zach Gallon at home against Colorado. Zach Gallon looks like a decent streamer this week, or at least for the first outing. I don't know who the second one's against, but. He's the guy they got from Miami. Colorado does not hit on the road at all. They close well. Wait, Davis closes well, but they don't hit at all. Ready to be scared? What are you going to tell me? Zach Allen's a bad pick? No, you wanted to know the second start. It is at Milwaukee. Well, that doesn't sound great. (laughs) No, but I like where you're going with the Colorado game. And in volume chasing, which you do have to do a lot more these days, I'd I'd roll the dice. What about um, Zach Davies? So you take Zach Gallon over Zach Davies this week? Yes, I would. Yep. All right. Well, that doesn't help me very much. No, it probably does. Here's two guys Sorry. who pitched well of late. Well being an all, you know, the not the greatest word. Joe Ross has won, I think, three consecutive. But, man, his walks are up. It's two mm-hmm. every game. Yep. He's at Pittsburgh. They barely scored a run this week. Um, this weekend, I mean. Pittsburgh has – their offense has been – ugly since the all-star break i consider that an opportunity especially if you consider that the pittsburgh ballpark here uh gives them a little bit of a bump tom are you handling uh, the baseball blog today i am not oh well tell whoever is to add a run to pittsburgh not scoring enough runs this weekend because i wrote it before kimbrell gave up that home run craig kimbrell looks terrible tristan looks terrible it's one game no it's not one game it's one, it's game. one month all right, he looks but, terrible. But, I know, but there was the injury in between these, and since he came back, it's been one game. But to your point, I've, as Kimbrel has you scared roster, me a little bit. But like, like that was like here, Starling, hit it over the fence, and he did. That yeah. was a lot of fun. That little league stuff, I really enjoyed that. I the kids that. enjoyed it. It was that was great. Um, all right, so you ripped Zach Davies, Joe Ross, Joe Ross versus Ivan Nova this week. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Nova's been great of late. Yeah, and the forecaster loves him. And I had to dig into this to figure it out because an at-Minnesota matchup is scary to me. But the other one is a home game against Texas. Texas is grading as a favorable matchup, especially when you're the one hosting them. I think I'd go Ross if it's the one day here, but I'm going Nova confidently as the two-start option. Tuesday on ESPN, you can catch the Yankees at Oakland. Could be a playoff preview there. Domingo Herman and Homer Bailey. You do not want Homer Bailey. 
What else happens on Tuesday? Gio Gonzalez and Michael Walker on ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus is just awesome. Check it out. That's Milwaukee at the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal Very Quantrill at Cincinnati. I need Cal Quantrill to pitch well. Um, so Bieber is pitching and Nola's. So Nola's at Fenway and Shane Bieber's at the Mets against Steven Matz. <laughs> Why do you the bring Mets. that up? <laughs> because you won your vampire league. Because I had to ask you which to take. <laughs> I would take Bieber and that, there's did, no Philly yeah. bias there. I mean, don't we like Bieber over Nola now though in general? I mean, obviously the schedule looks better. The bullpen wanna, for Cleveland looks yeah, better. Yeah, I, I want to talk myself into Nola for the remainder of the year, but I feel pretty good about where Bieber is, you know, in Cleveland, what their schedule's looking like, the fact they play in that division. I think there is a path for Bieber to continue being a, an effective top 10 fantasy starter. Definitely. I claimed him he's a two-star pitcher this week, and a lot of that had to do with I, I. it's another week. I have to have the win. If I lose this week, I'm done. It's over. I won my league, too. I'll take Clayton Kershaw. Um, Good choice. Although I could have Freddie Freeman, but my offense is pretty stacked. I had like three times as many RBI and homers At this as the point, next guy. Yeah, you gotta you got to start thinking about the balance of the roster in order I, to I can't make the playoffs. The There's only, how many weeks are left? Two before the playoffs? Two more. All right. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, Chris Paddock did not look good against the Phillies on Friday. He's against uh, Luis Castillo in Cincinnati. Maybe Paddock's tired. You know, they could shut Paddock down whenever they want at this point mm-hmm. and just Paddock use is, whatever. He, we've got him up to 115 innings. I don't think they're going to be breezing past 150. The projected, the pace is 151. They might, yeah, you're right. They might shut him down sooner than that. ESPN has the vastly underrated Mike Fires against the probably overrated Jay Happ late night on Wednesday. ESPN Plus has Jacob Wagaspak and Walker Bueller. Um, Bueller, top top 10 starting pitcher. Verlander's pitching that day. You Darvish, I'm sorry you. You are great. You're not walking anybody. How about that? Um, anyone else? Adrian Hauser at St. Louis. Adrian Hauser's pitched well. Give him credit. He looks good. You're not buying or you are? Uh... He's on that list of streamers when the matchup calls, and this is a significant ballpark swing. I I could get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And anyone else here of note that we need to discuss? Giolito, you already rostered John Gray. There he is, John Snow at Arizona. We'll we'll mention just because it's – I mean, we'll have another show at this point. But Thursday is the Max Scherzer projected return date. Are you activating him in a weekly? Yes. In Vampire, and I said it's imperative I win. You activating Nelson Cruz? Yes, based on the info we have, I'm a I'm a little bit worried about how he, you know how effectively he's going to hit initially, but I will go ahead and take the chance. You're activating Mankata. No, though I do believe Chicago had a pretty decent hitting. Uh, let me grab that. Uh, Chicago's. They're at Minnesota. Yeah, you know. it is. It is a pretty favorable hitting grade. I can make the case for him. All right, that's the first half of our show. Coming up now, some music and hash browns. All right. Let's check out what uh, what hash browns are listed here, and then I'll just ignore some of them and go to my phone and check out some more. And surprise me with questions I've never heard of before. <laughs> Look, if you can't handle it by now, oh, I think it's like the day before it. the SATs. There's only so much studying you can do. <laughs> uh, ugh. Zach writes, which three of these five do you like most for the next three seasons? So a lot of players here, but you should be looking at it just like me. Granky, yep. Soroka. Cattell Marte, Whit Merrifield, and Max Kepler. So I assume Zach is in a keeper league here. And um, wow. these guys are all pretty good keepers, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I don't, I don't, do, 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 there's nobody we're immediately going by, right? Yep, no, nobody nobody like that. And, they're, they're, and do you have a good instinct for, oh, that's number one. I don't, need, I don't have 
uh, that's I, number one. I, I gotta say, it's Granky. I, I mean, I understand he's like, what, 35 now, 36, but he's in Houston. Like, you could see, can you see Granky like winning 20 next year? I could. Like, look what Ver- Verlander's doing because of that offense behind him. He's giving up, he's gonna give up 40 home runs and win how many games? I, guess I could see him do yeah I mean like Verlander has really made the case for Greinke being a guy to invest in next year Greinke's in my top Greinke might be in my top 10 Verlander's 15 and 4 with a 281 ERA and he's allowed 31 home runs so like I think Greinke can not with the strikeout total but I'm I'm gonna probably have Greinke in my top 10 starters next year anyway to answer the the question three seasons though so so look at it this way I'm worried I mean but and you his take... age, it's 35. So we're looking at 36 to 38. Those are his age, 36 to 38 seasons. And only two of them are locked in in Houston. I I would have a tough time taking Soroka over Granky. I really would in a keeper. I understand that Soroka's 21, but it's one season. He hasn't given up any home runs. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem sustainable to me. I mean, I think Mike Soroka's great. And I'd have him in my top 20 in a keeper in a dynasty league for starting pitchers and... He might be in my top 20 anyway for next year. But he's not cranky. Yeah, it's not the same K rate. Yeah, there, uh, so so Soroka is currently at 144 innings. No chance of getting anywhere near 200, which means the 200 might be a question next year. And that makes a big difference because I think we lock in Granky for, for 200, 200, 200. I'm taking Granky first here, and I'm taking... Now, you're not a Ketel Marte fan. So why would you say, like, wouldn't he... See, now, Whit Merrifield, his age does scare me because of the stolen bases. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna take Whit out, and I'm going to take... I hate taking keeping two pitchers, though, right? Mm-hmm. This is the problem. And Kepler's not going to hit for average or steal bases. This is not an easy question. It I think in not. order, actually, is Granky Soroka and Marte for me. That's probably what it would be. And then wow. you just have two good starting pitchers. Could you do that? See, again, there's no, to me, there isn't a clear number one in this list. So give me your three. I am tempted to put Kepler at the top of this list. Oh, see, that's, I, he'd be fourth for me. I've got him, I've got him in a very narrow margin from one to five here, and I feel like it might go Kepler, Greinke. I don't know how you can take Kepler. He's a guy who we can, we can't count on to hit better than 250. Does not, he's one for six in stolen bases this year. His runs are all tied to where he hits in the order. I like Max Kepler. But in this era, a 35, I mean, even a 40 home run guy who does nothing else can't take him over guys who steal bases. Or Marte yes. who plays middle infield. So no, I, my what three, I, the two pitchers and Marte. That's what I would like to ask about Kepler is why are we, why have we decided that he's locked into this level of batting average? The batted ball distribution, the quality of contact that he has, the age he has, and the contact rate itself are very good numbers. What if Kepler's a guy who could push himself up into the 270s even, just to take a conservative outlook? I, I suppose that is possible. I would not dismiss that. I would say to you the fact that he's hitting lefties well this season is right. a great sign. He has the same OPS against lefties as he does against righties. So There's something about what Kepler has done this year that does capture my attention from a keeper angle. And I agree with you. I could make I, I could argue he belongs five here, but I also have this feeling like my gut says he's one. All right. This is this is tough. This is one of those ones where it's like you're going to cut one guy and you're going to feel terrible about. It. You mentioned Merrifield. I look at Merrifield's stats and I I I agree with exactly where you're going. The argument against Merrifield, 
But at the same time, I feel like it's crazy to let him go. So I give feel me like your three. Over Marte, Kep- then. All right. So what's your three? I, gave I guess mine. it's Kepler, Greinke, and Merrifield. All right. So that's how totally different two analysts look at the same situation. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the compelling cases can be made for each. Henry writes, how do you navigate a streaky pitcher like Trevor Bauer? Do you start him every week and hope for the best? Or are there specific types of matchups to avoid for him? How do you solve a problem like Trevor Bauer? Well, right, his solve. last outing did not look very good. Um, I, I, or was it just two outings ago? Let me make sure I get it right. I don't want to be wrong. No, was, that was his last outing where he got pounded by Washington. And bad, it just, good, bad. That's and, and like that inning, like he, not only, he fell apart and I was like, are you going to hit somebody now? I mean, like, Mm-hmm. That was like seven run inning or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Or eight? And he pitches today. Yeah, he's got the Lauer Bauer matchup today. The what? What'd you say? The Lauer Bauer matchup. <laughs> it's Lauer versus Bauer. No, I, I understand by the third time you say it. Okay. Uh, are you worried about uh, Trevor Bauer? Yeah. Uh, Is he still in your top 20? Yeah. I don't feel great about that, but. On the raw ability, I think he warrants a spot there, and they will treat him like an ace, workload-wise. So that's important to me at this stage. Bauer, I'm, I'm scared. Bauer or Bieber, rest of the way, and in Dynasty. Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it's probably Bieber for both. Man, we you? loved him fast. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I knew he'd be good. Yeah. In, I may have him everywhere, but in, I didn't know he'd be this good. You were saying this like this is a surprise to you and me. I remember sitting right next to you at, at Shane Bieber's spring training outing. We're kind of like, this is the guy. There's something yeah, but there. There's something I mean, special. we still didn't rank him as a top 20 starting pitcher. If we knew he was going to be like this, we would have. I had him ranked like 25 to 30, like Kyle Hendricks range. Right. I didn't I think, think he'd correct. do this. We didn't think the stuff had the natural swing and miss ability that he's shown this year. That he's, is a huge he, growth. I've got to put him in my top 10. He and Grank are top 10 starting pitchers next year. Our friends at ZipRecruiter are up next. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabelle. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Next up is John. Has the value of elite pitchers spiked this season due to so many hitters seemingly offering similar stat lines? I think yes, a little bit. But how many elite pitchers are there? Is Bieber elite? Is Granky? Now, we would say Verlander is. Kershaw probably has gotten back to being elite. Scherzer's elite. Mm -hmm. DeGrom, of course. Yep. After that, yeah, Garrett Cole. Um, I mean, elite is a word we can't just throw around. Is Hyunjin Ryu elite? Is Charlie Morton elite? Right. They're the, I mean, the the only knocks on them are age slash injury concerns. 
do we have a right to knock players for this at this stage? I, my my thought on this question is: Does it make Verlander and Scherzer definite first round picks next year? Because if there's very few guys you can count on for monster numbers, even with their age and injury concerns, I, I mean, doesn't that make their value better? In comparison, in context with others? Yeah, I, I think that the, the guys who deliver you volume, the true aces, certainly now are worth the premium. But the problem I have with making that case from a rankings angle, and we just did this on the, the show on Thursday, that I, I think we feel too good about the top 12 to 15 hitters. Would you genuinely take one of them, you know, one of these pitchers ahead of one of those hitters? I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't think I could either. I don't know. I, I think that there's... There's a compelling case to be made, but the gut's telling us it's not right. I I, I don't know where... I don't think I'm going to rank a pitcher in my top 10. There's just too many hitters. Like, I can't take Verlander over Devers. I can't do it. Or Freddie Freeman. Like, right. I can't do that. So I feel like next year my strategy will be no top five starters, but two in the top 15. Like, I'll end up getting, like, Bauer and Granke because nobody wants them. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Or Morton and Nola. Because Nola's overall numbers might not look the way people think. So I'll get two top 15 pitchers to anchor my staff. And those will be the only pitchers I've taken, like, the first 10 rounds. Yeah. But I don't think I'll reach for DeGrom or Verlander. You know, I just won't. It's almost as if we're going to want to find, and this is not the skill slash age part, we want to... F- we're going to want to be in the the group that finds the 2020 Shane Bieber, the guy who was... I'm SP, always in that group, yeah. Right, the SP30 who's going to deliver you SP5 numbers. I think that, that the goal will be to get two of those if you can. And I feel and like I, know, I do that well, and you do too. Like, we find these pitchers. Like, I, I was in on Luis Castillo, as you know, before most. Yep. Um, I was in on Bieber. I did well there. I invested in Lancelin real early this season when you thought I was nuts. Uh, you, you are absolutely correct there, and I did think you were nuts, and I, I was nuts to say you were nuts. I spent a lot of money on Madison Bumgarner and NL Labor, and most people thought I was nuts. And you know what? He's almost been worth it. He's number yeah. 20. Not, well, actually, he is almost a top 20 starting pitcher this season on our player rating. Yeah. And he's, he's number 23, fun. and he's people are fun. complaining about him. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's doing exactly what we wanted. We didn't expect him to be a top 15 starter. Number 23? Actually, it's better than that because there's a couple closers like Liam Hendricks on this list. So he's 22 now. He's moving as we speak. Um, <laughs> I mean, this guy's I was wrong about, too. Let's not, you know, sugarcoat that. Well, but, I mean, I got Brandon Woodruff in labor because I knew he was going to be a strikeout guy. And there's another Brewers starter who I also got somewhere else, and he hasn't been. Not Peralta, but the name escapes me right now. I'll look the it Brewers up. The Brewers pitcher? There was a Brewers. There were two Bre- Oh, it was uh, Corbin Burns. I invested highly in Woodruff and Burns this year across multiple leagues. Now, Burns got demoted to the bullpen, and then he couldn't pitch well. Woodruff was great. A lot of strikeouts. I would rather do that and try to pick out the next Eduardo Rodriguez in the middle rounds. And we should probably talk about who that guy is at some point. Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, we don't have enough time to do it on today's (laughs) show. Maybe that's a blog, Tom. Like, just like... Who are who is the next guy that's going to go? Who is twenty from... Bieber and on September first? <laughs> yeah, I like, like it. Denelson yeah. Lamette is one of those guys. Caleb Smith, one of those guys, although he's already doing it. Denelson Lamette. What do we make of Denelson Lamette? I think name... I think he makes himself a two hundred strikeout guy next year. That's what I think. There are critics, and they question the pitch selection itself. But Lamette has really Lamette now. If you count this year and the one before surgery, he is. Greatly exceeded expectations. He looks yeah. good. He looked fantastic against the Phillies on Saturday. I have no question marks about him anymore. I don't. 
I'm not going to rank him top 20 next year, but when I rank Lamette like number 32, don't laugh. That's a lot of strikeouts. I, I just want to see him make like another 12 to 15 more starts the rest of this year with some really good numbers. I can't imagine in any selfish way why I would want that, but, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got him too. Um, uh, man, I had a savior of my pitching staff in my sim league if he does I that. had a bad sim weekend. I mean, not just Doolittle giving up three homers and two to lefties. He's yeah. unusable in that sim league. Who else? Oh, well, Bauer, he ain't helping. Oh, you have Kluber. I have Kluber. Oh. Um, I have Carrasco. I have Carrasco too. I have Ender Inciarte, and, and now he's should, done. Yeah, we should say with the Carrasco news being that he's going to be a reliever now. Right, the Indians want him back in the bullpen. Although that in that league, it's pretty valuable. I can use him as a long man. Yeah, if I have was, enough starts, he, he was a swing man for me a couple years ago. But the point is, like, if Carlos Carrasco is Dustin May now, you got to drop him. You've waited months for Carlos Carrasco, but if he's going to be in the bullpen, you can't keep him anymore. He's I not just, going to close. And I just, in my keeper league, had two teams trade uh, with Carlos Carrasco being the primary return to the non-contender. That actually is a pretty smart acquisition right now. If you're out of the race, you can probably get him at a low price and trade. If you're in a dynasty format, and of course Carrasco's not young like Dustin May, but Carrasco and May are going to finish up in the bullpen, mm-hmm. and next year I'm going to rank Carrasco like... My gut tells me 18 among starters and May like 26. Mm-hmm. I, I love them both. Right. So you want to get them early now before your trade deadline. And the uh, trade deadline is passed in the ESPN leagues, but in your league it might not have. Um, right? I mean, those right. are guys you're going to want next year. Correct. Like in the Dynasty one, I'm Dynasty one. Well, it's a keeper league. Whatever. Uh, ours is August 31st. And a lot of leagues like that do have a later deadline. I tried to make a trade in one of the expert leagues. I, I, I'll tell you offline what happened. I, 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 <laughs> I can't. Get over it. I uh oh. When a guy, a guy, I'm not gonna say it on the show. I'm not gonna say it on the show. <laughs> okay. You the music be, stopped, but we need more we'll, questions. We'll um, be gentle. <laughs> yeah, it's just I. Basically, he wrote in an email something. I was like, no. Like he said, I have to rob you. You're in first place. I I can't. Oh wow. Yes, I'll even show it to you. Okay. Brett has a question. Michael Brantley's on pace for more than 135 games. For the sixth time in eight seasons, needless to say, I didn't make the trade. The talent is obvious. Where will he rank in 2020? Um, do we still view Michael Brantley as brittle now? Uh, no, I think that that coupling this year with last, I think that that's a good answer to the question. I think we, we probably don't rank him a top 10 outfielder. I don't think he's quite up to that level, especially if we consider some of the individuals in it. But I think top 20. I think that's fair. You know, he's going to hit for average enough power to matter. Right? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think that's all fair stuff. Yeah. Next question. Um, Brian, are we out of the woods with you, Darvish, being a massive risk? This, this is like one of the craziest stats of the season for me. You, Darvish, has not, has walked nary a hitter in his past four outings and has, how many strikeouts is that? 36 strikeouts and no walks in his last four, four starts. Yeah. And this has been a theme for a while now. In fact, over the last two months, six walks, 77 strikeouts. Yeah. I'd have to be nuts to not recommend you, Darvish, at this point. Yeah. Top 20 this, starter next year? Isn't he back? He's got to be, right? I, I The way that he is pitching currently and has been for quite some time, yes, he's making the unquestioned top 20. By the way, the other one, too, he's shown a good amount of durability this year. That is another big plus for him working into next season. I'm, it's, it's night and day what his look in May versus August was. Night and day. Now, he's not going deep into games most of the time. Right. But that K rate is monstrous. The walk rate is gone. 
We don't care about out how many home runs he gives up anymore. 26 homers and 25 starts, who cares? 25 starts is the key to me, though. I mean, how many people would have had an over-under that was beneath that? Oh, I definitely had the under. I was not on board. That's and what I mean. He's fantastic. He could get to 30 without really any trouble. Aaron, what are your expectations for Otani next season? If they just let him hit, don't you have to rank him as like a top 20 hitter? Or maybe that's... Yes, yes. Mm. Why can't you do that, Tristan? Because we know he can steal bases. Why wouldn't Otani, with 600 plate appearances, end up with 35 home runs and 20 steals? Now, that seems aggressive. But he has only 349 PA right now. He has 16 home runs and 10 steals. You give him a full season, that's like a 35 homer, 20 steal guy. Who batting 299. He's at about 300 at bats, so if we gave him 425 or so, that would give him how many homers? It'd be 20, 22, 23 range, probably. Steals so maybe 35 is a little aggressive. No, but I'm trying to determine where he would be on the player radar if we were to project this out to a full season. He'd be I'm ahead gonna... of Brantley. Oh. He's stealing bases. No, he's not scoring any runs. I'm that, not that's sure not his he would fault. be. I'm the just saying, average like, for, well, Brantley's hitting 335. That makes a that's a little difference. Yeah. Otani's hitting 299. He would be in the top hundred on the player radar, I believe. With that, I, I don't know if he'd be in the top fifty, though. Now we um, don't know. He might pitch next year. They, they what, probably will. Use yeah. Him. What do you think happens with that next season? I feel like I'm almost hoping they don't let him pitch anymore, and they just let him hit every day behind Trout. And you bat him clean up or third. I really think he could be a 35 homer. 100 RBI, 20 steel guy who bats 300. And then, you know, use him on occasion in relief. Like to get a key out, to close out a game. Just don't let him be a starter. I don't want that arm to be ruined. That's how I would yeah. use him. I don't think the Angels will. The Angels will probably make him a two-way guy again. Yeah, I think they will too. I, I like your design for the best use of him. I do think that you could squeeze the most value doing this. But I think the Angels will go in the direction of making him a starter. And I'll tell you, I... I have this feeling he's going to throw at least 100 innings. They're going to be excellent innings, and he's going to be awesome on both sides. I, I'm i starting to feel like he's a top 25 player for next year. I I won't draft him that way. My gut's telling me. I think he's. I think at the end of the year next year he's a top 25 two-way player. I do. I agree. Well, pitching scares me. I mean, there's upside. But. Yeah, the, the the problem is the way they're going to use him is going to, to bake in some risk that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable at where his ADP is. But All right. the upside. The upside is monstrous. We're done for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. We'll continue throughout the rest of the baseball regular season. Check out our partners, colleagues, friends with the Fantasy Focus Football because they, they are a daily show, and fantasy football is big now. Um, we have a draft kit. We have mock drafts. You can draft and practice. And uh, the season starts in like two weeks, two and a half weeks, right? Is that what it, it is? would be uh, two weeks from Thursday. Two, two weeks, weeks from Thursday. Three days. So get many teams and uh, have many fun. Thank Eat you so much. Many combo meals as well, yeah. Eat many combo meals as well. The show just well. did, and it's no longer little. It's like moderately sized. All right, for Tariqa and Tom and Tristan, lots of teas. I am to Eric. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.